Last week we looked at the church and what the church is with some metaphors from the New Testament. And today I wanted to kind of pick up on the same theme, and we'll do this next week as well. But um, every time we mention the church uh, in, in church circles, we always refer to Acts 2. 42, the scriptures there that we find in Acts. And some of you can, if, if you have a Bible with you, you can open it up. Acts is, is like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts in the New Testament. You can find it there. Uh, chapter 2, verse 42. And I'm going to read some of the characteristics of what all of us strive to be in our, in our churches today. This is, uh, this is the Bible, and we believe it's true. We believe it's infallible. And we, we believe that this is the only rule that we have for faith and practice. Listen to God's word from Acts 2, beginning in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So that's the church. That's the church. But we can't read just that scripture by itself and expect to have an understanding of why that's the church. There were many things that happened before that that made those things that we see in Acts 2.42 through 47 important and make them uh, valuable to us today as Christians. So let's open this morning with a word of prayer. God, we just thank you for this gorgeous day you've given us. We thank you that, that uh, hearts have been touched to uh, leave their homes this morning, to come out to churches in the community, and yes, to even Renovation Church here in Little River. Lord, we just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to, to hear and to, and to see insights within your scriptures that maybe we haven't seen before as we read through, or maybe we're reading them for the first time. Help us to understand what it is to be a Christ follower in a church, in the global church that is yours, your bride. We thank you for everything that's going to happen here today. We give you praise, honor, and glory for any good that comes out of it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the book of Acts is really just a story of the church. It's a, a recounting of, the, of what happened in the church, how it was formed, how it started, how it grew, how it spread throughout um, the Middle East, Asia Minor, and even into, into Europe. Every church that is formed has a DNA. You see our little... Uh, I taught biology for a while, and that's a double helix, isn't it? Um, a DNA is, is present in the church at the time that it's formed. And that DNA, just like your DNA and my DNA, won't ever change. We can have different people come. We can have different people lead. We can have different programs that run in the church. 
but the DNA always remains the same in a church. And renovation church is no different. Some churches are founded on uh, the idea of evangelism, outreach. Some are missions-minded. Some are fellowship-oriented. Some are musically inclined. They, they have huge choirs and music programs. Some are pulpit-centered, and it's all about who's doing the preaching. So you may ask, well, you know, what's the, what's the DNA of Renovation Church? And that's a great question. But it's not a question that we can answer today or in a couple of Sundays. It's, it's, something, it's, a, it's a very large issue that is going to take us a while to explain to you. So over the uh, first year of our existence... Hey, that's okay. That's okay. You know, we are so delighted to have little children here. I, don't let that bother you. Don't let that bother you. Uh, and before too long, we'll have more space that, uh, that kids can use as well. So I am delighted to have that uh, going on. Um, over the first year of our existence, we don't want to just tell you what our DNA is. We want to show you, show you what our DNA is. And I hope we've already started to do that. But for a, a quick, uh, if you're impatient, for a quick kind of knowledge-based uh, idea of what our DNA is, you can go to our website. Our website is www.renovation-church.com. And you click on the Information tab there, and you'll find that it opens up a statement of faith, our values, our priorities, and our practices. And you could read through that, and you would pretty much know in a nutshell what we're about at Renovation Church. You see some of these posted. Our leadership team over the past six months has gathered, and as we talked about each one of these ideals, we uh, would write what God was saying to us on the, on the canvas or maybe a scripture that he had given to us that applies to that particular uh, priority or value or, or practice. So you can take a look at those sometime too. But to really understand what our DNA is, it's kind of like Walt said, you've got to hang with us. You're just going to have to be with us a while. You won't know in reading the stuff. We hope you will experience, through, experience it through the greeters, through the sign-in people, through the folks that do the food, through the cleanliness of the building, through everything that we do. We just hope that you will understand what the... Um, DNA of renovation is. But after just one service last week, I got comments that were like this. I don't feel judged here. I feel accepted here. I don't know. There's just something different about this place, and I like it. I feel, I feel that I've found my church. <laughs> That's all, just one week. Those are all parts of our DNA, but at the core of our DNA at Renovation Church is the proclamation of God's Word and the demonstration of the Spirit's power, both of those coupled. And as I've studied church history, and it is one of my favorite uh, things to study, I've discovered how different we are as Christians in the 21st century from Christians in the 1st century. Yeah, the, the message has to stay the same. It cannot change. We can't allow the message, this, to change. 
It will never be watered down here, and it shouldn't be watered down anywhere. But the packaging needs to change regularly. Uh, we, don't, we don't have stained glass or pews or any of the things that some people associate with, with a church. Our packaging is different. We can mess with the packaging all we want to, and you may like it, you may not like it, but it's time we get back on track as to what the first century church was really all about. And at Renovation Church, we've determined to do that through the proclamation of God's Word and through the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So today, let's look back at a couple of the characteristics of that early church, the early Christ followers, if you will, that were in the book of Acts, specifically in Acts 2. You see, real Christianity has supernatural power. It has supernatural power. The first Christ followers didn't just talk about God. They experienced God in a very real way. And this is really what makes the church different from all the other organizations in the world. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Microsoft doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The Red Cross doesn't have the Holy Spirit. The United States government certainly doesn't have the Holy Spirit. No other organization on the face of the earth has the Holy Spirit. God has given the Holy Spirit to us, to the church, to be used for His glory. So before we look at Acts 2, let me just, let me just back up one uh, chapter here to Acts 1 and read a little bit to you. This, this Acts was written by Luke, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, that guy. He's the one that wrote the book of Acts. He was the historian that wrote this. So let's look at uh, Luke 1, beginning at verse 1. In my former uh, book, Theophilus, he's writing to a guy named Theophilus, uh, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he suffered, he showed himself to those men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. After his resurrection, he was alive. He had, he had risen from the dead. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And you're going to hear a lot in here about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He, they were still under the impression that the Messiah that came was going to be a ruler, a king with an army that would take over, uh, defeat the Romans, get them out of their land, and it would, you know, that was their thought. That was not God's plan. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what Jesus said, 
was that the Holy Spirit was going to give them power. The power that they needed to do the things that God wanted them to do, that he had created them to do. And it's no different today. After he said that, Jesus went back to heaven for ten days. And for those ten days, the disciples had to just wait. They waited in the upper room, and they prayed, and they waited, and they prayed. And they waited, and they prayed, and they waited, and they prayed some more. And then they waited, and they prayed even more for God's Spirit to give them power. The power that they needed to do the things that He wants them to do in their lives. And they had to have transformed, renovated lives in order to do that. You see, there's a direct connection, I believe, between prayer and power. A direct connection. The amount of spiritual power you have in your life is in direct proportion to the amount of time you spend in in prayer. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. If you don't ever pray, I can guarantee you that you're not seeing any miracles in your life. Prayer is the connection through which the power will flow. When we were working on uh, renovating this space here, uh, I was here one day by myself after we had done some work, and I decided I would vacuum this rug, which was filthy dirty. And as I started vacuuming, the bag filled up rather quickly. It wasn't two minutes and the bag was full. So uh, I uh, opened up the front of the vacuum cleaner, took off the little plastic door, got the bag out, all that stuff flying everywhere, you know. And uh, it, it, was, it was so full that the dust was even coming out at the bottom of the, of the vacuum cleaner. Um, I, I got a new bag out, put it in, uh, put the cover back on, hit the on-off switch, and nothing happened. I thought, well, I haven't done this in a while. <clears throat> Karen does that. So um, I thought that she can't cook, but she can vacuum. Um, I thought that, uh, <laughs> that I would uh, try it again. So I took the bag off, put the bag, bag back on, closed it up, hit the on-off button, nothing, not a thing. So I started looking around the vacuum cleaner. I thought, you know, there might be uh, an on-off uh, a, a circuit breaker or a fuse or a reset button. And that's the word I'm looking for, a reset button on it. So I looked, I turned it upside down, the stuff falls out. I, there was no reset button. Now, we had been having a lot of power issues. You don't know, but the folks that make the coffee have coffee brewing here at 8 o'clock in all different corners of the room because if we plug two pots in in that kitchen area back there it blows the circuit breaker so I thought well the circuit breaker is blown I'll go back into the warehouse and check the circuit breakers I checked every circuit breaker each one of them was fine they were all engaged no problem so as I was coming back into this room I noticed (laughs) that the vacuum cleaner was unplugged from the wall (laughs) I evidently I evidently had uh, 
somehow or other in moving it around, jerked the plug out of the wall. And I plugged it back into the wall, hit the on-off switch, and, and all was good. I didn't tell anybody about it either till just now. But that, my friends, is an analogy of life. You may be a Christian, and you may have professed faith in Christ, and you may know that you're on your way to heaven. You may be pushing all the Christian buttons that there are to push. But if you're not plugged in to the Holy Spirit, you don't have any power in your life. And no matter how many Bible studies you go to or how many churches you attend or how many ministries you get involved in, if you're not plugged in, you don't have power in your life. And Jesus said to them to wait and to ask for supernatural spiritual power. And when he said that, he was promising it. It's not like, I hope it'll happen. It was, it's going to happen. And how do you get that power? Well, it comes by praying and asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. They prayed for ten days. Ten days and ten nights they prayed in that upper room. In a few minutes, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team to take their places over here and over here. And you're going to have the opportunity to come to them and have them pray with you and for you. I think one of the, one of the things that I'm asked all the time about prayer is, well, what, what can I pray for? What is it okay to pray for? It's okay to pray for absolutely anything. Absolutely anything that's on your mind. If it's worth worrying you about, it's worth praying to God about. There's nothing too small. And we have some loving, caring individuals here who would like nothing better than to pray with you and for you for whatever the, the situation is in your life. Have you, have you experienced a miracle in your life? Have you experienced a miracle or prayed for a miracle in someone else's life and it happened? I have. Many of you have. I've seen miracles happen over and over again because of prayer. And I'd love to see, I'd love to see more of them happen right here. What is a miracle after all? It's something that when we've given up all hope and we think there is absolutely no way that what we want can take place, God comes in. And the Bible says that with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Some of you need a miracle in your finances. Some of you need a miracle in your marriages or your dating relationships. Some of you need a medical miracle. Some of you need to have a relationship restored with somebody miraculously. I'd love to see that happen, wouldn't you? And there's only one way that that kind of miracle is going to happen, and that's through prayer. Prayer for supernatural power. You've got to be plugged in 
just like that vacuum cleaner. <laughs> You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit running through you, coursing through your veins, living in you. Meanwhile, back in the upper room with these 120 individuals, it was kind of like somebody had taken a champagne bottle with the cap on and shook it up. Ever tried that? Some of you have, I can tell. <laughs> Haven't we? When in our younger, uh, uh, stupider days. <laughs> Shake that thing up. And in Acts 2, 1 through 4, the cork pops off. Look at, look at me. I mean, look at it with me in, in your Bibles. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Well, there's some weird stuff in there. There's some weird stuff taking place. I don't know if we're ready for that weird stuff or not. I hope you are. We don't know. When, when you, when you <laughs> shoot this champagne bottle up, of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. It doesn't say they saw fire. It says that they saw something that looked like tongues of fire that kind of went over each of the 120 people in that room. We've got about 100 people here today. Can you imagine if we were looking around here and there's something that looks like a flame, a tongue, a fire above each person's head? Now that's weird. That's weird. Radical. Absolutely radical. And the third thing is they began to speak in other tongues. Uh, there's, there's a word in Greek, uh, the word is glossa, G-L-O-S-S-A. And glossa means either speaking in a language that everybody understands or speaking in a language that no one understands. It could be either one of those. In this case, what they're talking about is speaking in a language that everybody understood from that particular region. You can read uh, this afternoon in uh, Acts uh, 2 about the groups that were there in, in Jerusalem for a festival. And they were from all over the known world, and they all had their own language. But when these people, these uh, disciples that had been in the upper room, started speaking to them, whatever their language was, French, German, Chinese, you know, whatever the language that they spoke might have been, they understood it. They understood it. It was miraculous. 
noise that sounds like a hurricane, uh, bright flame that looks like a fire over each person's head, uh, everybody speaking in some different language. And Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, was saying, you know, I'm starting something here today. I'm going to build my church. And it's going to be powerful. It's going to be radical. It's going to be multicultural. It's not just for you people, you Jews. My church is for everybody. Acts 2, 43 says this. Uh, Everyone was filled with awe. I bet they were, don't you? Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. How could you help but be filled with awe with all that stuff going on? The problem today is that the power is missing in a lot of churches. A lot of churches talk about God, but they never see any renovated lives. They don't see any miracles. They don't see any financial miracles or, or health miracles or physical miracles or emotional miracles or relationships that are brought back together miraculously. They have the talk, but they don't have the power. And I found this little verse tucked away in 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. It's about the power. The Holy Spirit, He's the someone that changes lives. It's not us. It's not you. It's not your family. It's the Holy Spirit. He changes the lives. He's the someone that causes the renovation in your life. He's the someone that gives you the power to be the person that you want to be and the person that God planned for you to be. I've been praying and the entire renovation team has been praying for you for months now that you would have more power in your life. Power over your habits and your hurts and your hang-ups. Power to let go of the past. Power to move into the future. Power to see changes in all your relationships. God loves you. God loves you. There's not a thing that you can do that's going to make God love you any more than he does right now. And the good news for me is that there's not anything that I've done that's going to make him love me any less. He loves you because he loves you. And he loves each one of us the same. He created you to love you. And he wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So won't you let him do that today? Won't you let him do that today? Come, Holy Spirit. Come and fill us in this place right now.